All right, well, good to see you in the house, Lord, this evening. Take your Bible and turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 10, starting at verse 10 through verse 13. Exodus 3, verse 10. Come now, therefore, this is the Lord speaking to Moses, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. Thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So chapter 4, verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But... Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Look at verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. Tonight, looking at Moses and the conquest, conquering of inferiority. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your word tonight. Thank you for these uh, characters of the Bible, Old and New Testament, that are examples to us, or that are written for our admonition, for our learning. And I pray that you'd help us, Father, to, as we look at the life of Moses tonight and the struggles that he had and to overcome in his own life, uh, to be of service to Thee, I pray that we'd be encouraged and strengthened and challenged. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, when you think about Moses, probably the thing that you don't think about is that he had a inferiority complex. You know, probably I would say probably he is the greatest man of the Old Testament. Um, six times the Bible uses this, this phrase, Moses, the man of God. Six times. Those, those, those four, four, five words, Moses, the man of God, in that exact thing. Uh, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god unto Pharaoh. You know, these, these are just things to said about him. Deuteronomy 34.10, There rose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Acts 37, or Acts 7.37, This is that Moses. This is Stephen's testimony here before the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, but he's marking a man very distinctly. This is that Moses. I'm sure there were other people named Moses. There's only one 
Moses, the man of God. And that's what Stephen's saying here. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up, like unto you of your brethren. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. So Moses here is compared to the Lord. Him shall you hear. Twenty-two times this exact phrase, the law of Moses, is used in the Bible. Twenty-two times. There are 200 others, and some others, and some more, 200 some others like, that go, that go like this, and this is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. Or Moses wrote this law, for the law was given by Moses, and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So you know, think about all the things that are said about Moses. And if you were to ask me, if you want my opinion, whether you want it or not, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I would say that Moses was, without a doubt, the greatest man in the Old Testament. Uh, again, this is that Moses, son of the children of Israel, a prophet of the Lord your God, raise up like unto your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear. And of course, the Bible tells us that he spoke to God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And yet, what we read about here in chapter 3 and chapter 4 Moses got some problems. He's feeling inadequate. He's feeling like, you mean you want me to do this? You think that I can do this? You think that I'm capable of doing this? That's the idea here. You know, Moses was born into... A subjugated people, they were at that time slaves in Israel. Although Moses, we know, was well-educated and trained to be a leader and a commander uh, of sorts. You know, for example, uh, you know, Acts chapter 7, verses 22, 20 to 22 tells us that he was mighty in word and deed. He was trained up. He was trained up, of course, in Pharaoh's house and was mighty in word or deed. So if he was trained up to be mighty in word, that means he, could, he was obviously able to speak. And mighty doing exploits of some kinds, militarily expo- exploits. How did he get to the place where we read about it in chapter 3 of Exodus, and chapter 4 of Exodus, where he says... Uh, uh, who am I? Who am I that I should go? And, and you know, he 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 kind of he argue, he really argues with the Lord. Um, you know, in chapter four again, he, he gives two objections. He says, "Well, they will not believe me. I mean, who am I? They're not going to believe me." And then he says, "Well." Uh, I can't speak. I'm not eloquent. That's what it means there. So what led from Moses, mighty in word and deed, to uh, I can't speak, and who am I? Two things. I would suggest two things. Failure and rejection.
Well, you say, that's terrible. No, that's really the two things that were instrumental in making Moses the man he was. The hardships. You know, we often say it's the hardships of life that really make us strong, and it is. See, Moses was trained up in Pharaoh's house. He didn't know what hardship was. He didn't know what failure was. He didn't know what rejection was. But when he tried to take things into his own hands and slew an Egyptian and then wanted to straighten out an argument between two of his own people and they said, well, are you going to kill me like you did got Egyptian yesterday and the thing was found out and Pharaoh found out about it and he had to flee for his life. He was rejected. You may, the Bible tells us that, that Moses thought they would have understood that by his hand he would deliver them. But they understood not. So when they said, when those Israelites said, look, you're going to kill me like you did that Egyptian yesterday, what they were saying is, we're not accepting your deliverance. They were rejecting him. So he failed in that. It was Moses acting in his own strength in his own power, his own position, that he failed. Look at chapter 2. We find that in chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. It says, It came to pass in those days when Moses had grown out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian, hit him in the sand. When he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. He said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Tendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. So he failed and he was rejected. And so, you know, inferiority is often a fear of failure and a fear of man. It's often what it boils down to. A fear of failure and a fear of man. And these are real fears. Moses feared them. You know, fear, the fear of failure is a, is, a, is a false humility. It's a fear of losing self-respect. It springs from unbelief. Uh, it's a failure to trust God's promises and provisions. And this is what Moses is doing in here. He's, he's questioning God's promises. You know, again, in verse 11... Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? Chapter 3, verse 11. Go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly, I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. Moses, it's not about you. It's about me. It's about me. I have sent thee. And when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God Upon this mountain. And again, chapter 4, verse 12. He says, Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. So the answer say, you know, is, God says, I will do it. It's not you that's going to do it. You're just the instrument you know, that I'm going to use, or desire to use, but I will do it. I will put it in the hearts of the children of Israel to believe you. I will put it in the heart of Pharaoh to look at you like you're God. See, it's not dependent upon us. 
Paul's success was not dependent upon himself, but on the promises of God. You know, sometimes we, we, uh, when, we, when we measure success, we do it from a worldly standard. Let me ask you a question. Did Moses lead all the children of Israel that came out of Egypt into the promised land? No. There was many of them that died in the wilderness. Well, then was his success. You know, by the world standard, you know, somebody's rightly said, the, the uh, grave tent never came down in the wilderness. They were dying every day. But it wasn't Moses' fault. Though I'm sure it burdened Moses very heavily. But it wasn't his fault. You see, it was the children of Israel said, Who is this Moses? As for this Moses, you know, make us gods and, and you know, and, and, and that we can't go up because there's giants in there and there's walled cities and, we, you know, and, and so they prepared to go back into Egypt. You see, success is not measured by what appears to be. By what appears to be. Success, biblically, is measured by our faithfulness. You might say, somebody might say, if Stephen would have been more tactful and more um, better with words, maybe the Jews wouldn't have repented and not stoned him. I mean, that seems like such a failure. You know, he gets stoned. His life's over. He's not even a very old man. His life is snuffed out. But I want you to think about something. You know, there are and will be people that you will witness to that won't get saved. Is that your fault? Dave and I had Bible study with was it four people, three people, four people, three or four people went through the whole Bible study, four weeks of it. And not one got saved. And I think it was pretty plain. They, I believe they knew what they needed to do. But they turned away. I went to see them afterward. Not really interested. You see, success is not measured by the responses we get. It's measured by our faithfulness. But there's this fear of failure. And that was Moses. Moses had this fear of failure because he failed. The second thing it was there's fear of man. What others may say. You know, Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. You know, Moses had to get over 
his fear of what those children of Israel were going to say to him. You know, they said some things that weren't very nice. You remember when he, he went into he went into Pharaoh, and uh, and you know, and and, and told him that Lord said, "Let my people go," and and uh, and so Pharaoh made their increased their work, and then he then he didn't make didn't provide straw. They had to go gather straw, and and, and so they didn't meet their they didn't meet their quotas for brick and mortar and, and bricks and you know and all that. So. So then the taskmasters beat the, the children of Israel and the, the, the leaders, the children of Israel. And, and so the children of Israel leaders went to Pharaoh and said, you know, it's, it's in your own fault. And he said, no, you need to get to your work. And they met Moses on the way out from Pharaoh. They met Moses going into Pharaoh and they said, you have brought us trouble. You have brought us trouble. When Elijah said there were going to be three and a half years with no rain in the nation of Israel. And then he disappears for three and a half years. And after three and a half years, he appears again and he meets Ahab. And Ahab says, thou that troublest Israel. See, you brought trouble. Of course, Elijah said, no, you're the one that's brought trouble. Because you've transgressed the commands of God. See, Moses had to get over his, what will others think? And the work of God will not be done by our own hands, by a revolution. You know, some people think, you know, revolution will solve things. And that's what Moses was attempting to do here. It'll not be done by revolution. It'll be done by revelation. In other words, an un- right understanding of who God is. You know, our nation was born, you know, I, I believe that our nation was born by revelation of the word of God. People began to read, they read their Bibles, they understood where liberty come, came from, and they began to apply it to life, and they said, that's what we want. And they based their lively, livelihoods on the word of God, and it brought liberty into the hearts and minds of the people, and then they began to fight for it. I mean, there's been lots of revolutions around the world, in many countries of the world. And how do they end up? In the same bondage and tyranny they had before. Why? Because there's no revelation of God. Because they're still looking at as the source of life from themselves. The source of liberty from themselves. You know, our, our forefathers rightly understood that these liberties come from God, not from man. And see, Moses thought, hey, they should understand that I will be the one that sets them free. No, no, Moses, it's not you. And, of course, that caused him to be rejected. And now he's fears, fear of man. Of course, the cure for this is to surrender to the will of God and to trust in the, the word of God. And that this, this brings us to several things that, that brought, were brought out in Moses' life. 
And go to and for this go to Hebrews chapter eleven for just a minute. Hebrews chapter eleven. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter eleven. And verse twenty-four says, "By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season." So, there, first of all, there was a refusal. He had to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had to choose, and, and you know, there's there's two things here. There's a there's a negative. There's a positive. There's a refusal, and there's a choosing. He had to refuse the power and prestige that the world offered him. When he went out that day and smote that Egyptian, you know what he was doing? He was refusing to be a servant of the Egyptians to continue to subjugate his own people. That what he did was saying, really, in essence, I will no longer be party to subjugating my people. I'm going to work for a way to deliver them. He was refusing his position in Egypt to be called Pharaoh's daughter. Because it was the Pharaohs that put the children of Israel into subjection. So he was choosing the treasures, the pleasures, the power. The wisdom of Egypt, all the, the human wisdom of Egypt. He was refusing all that. He was refusing to trust in the flesh. He refused. You might say this. You know, in this whole story, and you know, really, he refused to be a victim. Look at verse 23, Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses... When he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You know, these people were slaves in Egypt. And there had gone out a decree by Pharaoh that any man-child born to the children of Israel was to be thrown to the crocodiles, was to be killed. And the Bible says here that they, by faith, in other words, they refused just to be, be a victim and go along with things, and they refused that, and they said they saw he was a proper child. Now, three times in the Bible, that statement is made, though it's worded a little different in each case. Uh, I think in Exodus 2, it talks about he was a goodly child, and, and uh, um, Acts, I think it says he was well-favored, but basically means the same thing. He was a good-looking baby, and one commentator said this, it's believed he had a, an appearance of God. His parents thought, this is somebody special. You see, they believed in the providence of God, and, and they believed in the purpose of God for everything in life, and they weren't going to just become a victim of Pharaoh. Neither did, neither did uh, Moses. He refused. He refused to be used by the world to further their ends against his own people. We see also 
He chose. Now, this refusal, what goes along with it, of course, is the positive. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Steaming the approach of Christ's greater riches and the treasures needed for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. So, so he chose to do what was right, which meant you know, giving up his position of power, his position of prestige, uh, his, his popularity, all that. It was gone. In a day. He lost it all in a day. And he becomes a shepherd on the backside of the mountain taking care of sheep. You know, this choice, somebody said this, quote, this choice would appear to relinquish him from a wide sphere of usefulness, unquote. You know, a lot of people would say, lot, lot, you know, we, human nature would say, boy, just, and, you know, I've said like this about certain people, you know, just think if so-and-so got right with God because of the position they have. You know, God doesn't work that way. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, base things to confound those which are mighty, or weak things to confound those which are mighty, and base to confound those which are despised. You know, what this really did was it led to a place from which God could work in faith. In in Moses' life. So there's a refusal. There's a choosing. He had to choose righteousness, yielding to, yielding to God. And then, thirdly, he had to forsake verse the wisdom and training of Egypt. By faith, verse 27, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see, he had to forsake the wisdom and training of Egypt and the ways of the world and the wisdom of the world and trust in and believe in and yield to and obey the commands and ways of him whom he cannot see. Him who is invisible. You might say that once he saw a prince, Pharaoh, but now he sees God, I am. Somebody said, quote, a person might have taken out his degree in the school of man and yet have to learn his alphabet in the school of God, unquote. You know, we have to be, if we're going to be useful 
for the Lord, we have to be equipped with different qualifications than those acquired by the mind alone in this world. And these come. These qualifications are acquired by spending time in the presence of God. You know, Moses had his horror. That's where he went, ten sheep. That's where he was for 40 years, learning how to be a shepherd. You know, his training in Egypt didn't train him how to lead people. It trained him how to control and drive people. There's a big difference. You know, when you, when you, when you control and drive people, you're a tyrant. You're a dictator. But when you lead people, You're a leader. You're a shepherd. See, a, a shepherd says, follow me. A tyrant says, you do what I tell you. If you don't, it's... So Moses had his Horeb. Elijah, the brook Cherith, Ezekiel had his time at Chabar. You know, Peter, Peter had the roast rooster crow at him. And he had his time with the Lord on the shore of Galilee where the Lord said three times, Peter, do you love me? And remember what the Lord said to him? Feed my sheep. You see, Peter tended to be forceful. You remember how he reacted when the Lord began to say how he was going to be crucified and raised through day? And the Peter took him aside and said, not, not so, Lord, not so. In other words, it was going to be Peter's way. And the Lord had to bring Peter to the end of himself and, and, and teach him, Peter, Peter, look, Peter, you need to feed my sheep. In other words, you need to shepherd my sheep. Don't drive them. You can drive them. If you drive them, you're going to scatter them. Paul spent time in Arabia with the Lord himself. And of course, John had his Patmos where he received the vision, the book of Revelation. You know, Moses was a great man. But Moses had some struggles. What Moses needed to learn was this. That it is not in his strength, but in the power of God. Go back to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And when we learn this, we will overcome our inferiority complex, our fear of man, our fear of failure. And Exodus chapter 3 again, verse 13, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, 
I am, hath sent me. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Notice this, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now this, that's referring to the God of all the promises I made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And, and those promises were a land. You remember, it was to Abraham first that he gave the promise of the land. All this land that thou seest, to the north, east, west, and south, I will give thee into thy seed after thee. That was a promise he made to Abraham. And so when, so when the Lord says this, he said, look, I'm telling you, the God of your fathers, the God of the promises, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, seeing that which is done to you in Egypt. And, and I want you to notice this, how many times it says, I have said. I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt and the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And you shall say unto him, The Lord God, not, not Moses hath sent, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians." And Moses said unto, uh, answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto thy voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. He put forth his hand, and caught it, and became a rod in his hand. That they might... That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said, Furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand in thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. When he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon thy dry land. And, and so it goes on, you know. And so, you know, God's telling Moses here, look, it's not you. It's not you that's going to bring the children to Israel, right? It's me. It's me. You just need to go in, and you need to be the instrument the man that's going to tell them that I'm going to take them out. And so Moses overcame. He became a man of great faith, recognizing and understanding the supremacy and sovereignty of God. And Moses was greatly used. But you know, he never, he never became a man who relied on himself. 
again. Look at chapter 33 and verses 12 to 17. Chapter 33 of Exodus. You know, the children of Israel, of course, had made the golden calf. That was in chapter 32. And uh, the Lord was going to destroy them, but Moses intervened. And then the Lord said, uh, you know, just go up. And, and Moses is concerned because the Lord didn't say he'd go with them. And notice verse 12. Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And hast, thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, this is Moses speaking, If thy presence, Lord, if you do not go with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. You know, what was the one thing that Moses wanted more than anything else was the promised land. This is what Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go in. See, the dearest thing to Moses on earth was not as dear as his relationship with his Lord. You wonder why Moses was such a great man? See, Moses practiced, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Moses practiced that in all things thou shalt have preeminence. That was Moses' practice. Lord, if you don't go with me into the place that I want more than anything else on earth, I don't want to go. I give it up. I give it up. You see, Moses... typifies for us one who kept the great commandment, the greatest commandment, which is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. But you know, what brought Moses to this place? What brought him to this place? What made a turn in his life that changed the direction of his life forever? Failure and rejection. Failure and rejection. 
And as a result, he learned not to trust in himself and not to put his confidence in man, but to put his confidence and his trust in his Lord. And he became a great over what we call an overcomer. One who lived a victorious. Oh, he wasn't without failure in his life. But he was one who lived a victorious Christian life. Conquering our fears. <laughs>